0: support for this podcast comes from san francisco international airport at sfo you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff learn more about what's at sfo at flysfo.com from kqed
1: mic check check one check two are we here all right we're here right now Ish. Hey what's up with it, what is it, what's really good, you're tuning in to Right Now-ish, I'm your host Pendarvis Harshaw, inviting you all into the world of breakbeats, basslines, bombing, breakdancing, and Bay Area hip-hop history. Obviously, this is near and dear to me. I once fancied myself as a lyricist, I definitely gigged at Functions as a teen, and I even had that one wild night with a backpack full of spray paint, a few homies, and some walls near Balboa Park. Ah, Sweet memories. It's an honor to say that I lived it. The studio sessions, the award shows, the big performances, all of that. I was there for a small slice of recent Bay Area hip-hop history. But unfortunately, I wasn't taking notes like I should have. But luckily, one brother who was also there for the significant cultural moments has not only taken notes, but is now sharing this ism with the world.
2: My name is Dregs One, I'm a rap cat and graffiti writer from San Francisco. Sucker-free bar sauce, keep it real off top. For dollar bill stuff killing to Ziploc
1: Dregs came up in the Lakeview neighborhood in the southern part of San Francisco. He's been a musician and a graph writer in the scene for more than two decades. And as of late, he's been using all that experience to bring knowledge to a new generation and a new audience via social media. He's been doing these short videos that lay out Bay Area hip-hop history in bite-sized but full-on doses.
2: History of Bay Area Rap, the wake-up show, started on KML in 1990 by King Tech from San Francisco.
1: His channels are full of these brief lessons, along with archival footage from concerts, hidden gems, and clarification about the proper usage of Bay Area slang. There's also a bunch of videos breaking down Bay Area graffiti history, like this one about legendary aerosol artist Mike Dream Francisco of the TDK crew.
2: He started painting back in 1983 and was heavily influenced by New York writers, especially Phase 2, and from the moment he came out, he decided to do it
1: big. Coming up, we got a convo with Dregs 1, where we discuss the evolution of Bay Area hip-hop and how Dregs is doing the work to preserve the culture, you know, keeping that ism alive.
0: (laughs)
1: I I love the first person knowledge, firsthand historian, the person to say, like, nah, I was there. I lived it. And if I wasn't there on that specific day. Then I talked to the person who was there thereafter. You know, like there's there's value in that.
2: Yeah, I'm lucky, man. I mean, some of my big bros are legends. Some of my big bros been painting before I was born. Nineteen eighty three. And I'm I've, I've been to my boy Spy's house. You know you know who Spy is. TDK. Mm-hmm. I've been to his house in his basement, where he's just like, oh, what's in this box? And it's like, oh my god, it's Mike Dreams' original note paper pad from 1996, where he wrote all these letters and he wrote all his thoughts down. And he, what? Oh, here's a photo book of like. You know what I'm saying, graffiti in 1985, it's like, I've been able to soak soak this stuff up from some really amazing people, man.
1: Before he was using social media to spread the history of the culture, he was already that kind of dude. Soaking up the game was just a part of his life. This is kind of like a a hood tradition as far as I, I remember, like...
2: You know, in a fly type of way, especially when it comes to rap and graffiti, like, oh, I bet you ain't heard this yet. Like, you yeah. got this compilation, but I bet you ain't heard this. you like, oh, what is that? And like, you know, <laughs> all these gems because we're, it's an underground thing. So that knowledge is valuable. So I was kind of always on that tip of like trying to impress my friends, like, you ain't never heard this Mac Dre verse before. Or like, you ain't, ne- I bet you ain't never seen this Cuddy documentary. I got it. Like, I got the DVD, you know what I mean?
1: But of course, Dregs is not just a consumer or a collector, but he's a creator of the same culture he's curating. It's a give and take relationship. And he's intentional about that.
2: The San Francisco hip hop culture, the rap culture is really immersed in the community. So I grew up, you know, seeing some of this stuff around. I grew up seeing, you know, rapping Forte stickers in my high school. I grew up seeing,
1: posters being put up what was it like growing up in lakeview
2: it was dope it was like a foggy desolate cut that was full of families you know you had the experience riding your bike playing shooting hoops at the gym you know eating now and laters at the store and then you know i lived on randolph street where the projects were right down the street so it was a lot of you know drug activity Just a lot of like, you know, kind of scary stuff for a little kid to be growing up around. But at the same time, you know, it was a beautiful community, you know, running around, doing graffiti, going to graffiti parties, going to art shows. You know, I was like 16 years old, drinking 40s with people in their 20s, you know, legendary writers. They're putting me up on stuff that I was too young to know about. I grew up seeing, you know, certain rap cats like Selsky making the rounds jugging their cds and stuff like that and um when you listen to music from the neighborhood by like Selski or Coonut, it's pretty accurate too it sounds like what i saw
1: you had a day a specific day where you you jumped off the porch and got into the game both as an artist musician and as an artist aerosol artist
2: obviously i grew up seeing graffiti fascinated by you know i knew kids who tagged i didn't know that much about it and then one day I had a cast on my fingers. I broke my finger, so I had a cast on my hand. And this older kid was like, you know, signing people sign your cast. And he was like, yeah, I'm gonna hit up my tag. But he wasn't a tagger. So I just kind of clicked, like, oh, you can just have a tag. All right, well, I'm finna make a tag. And I told my friend in first period, and he was like, Here, I got a little, I got a marker sell to you for five bucks. Some dried up magnum that he had already been using. I'm like, cool, I'm in the game. And then right after that class, I go to homeroom and my boy Mike Hill is in there and I'm like, check this out. I'm about to be a graffiti writer. And he was like, what? Okay, me too. Let's go after school. So like after school, we went to his house and we just was tagging all, all along the way. And then I get to his house and he was already a DJ. He had been DJing since um, middle school and he had wax. And he had like wax and he, was, he had Technic 1200s. And he was scratching, and, and I'm like learning all this stuff. I'm looking at all these records, It's like local Frisco records. And then he was like, "Check this out." He played, he put played the documentary scratch on DVD, which is all about Q birds and all the DJs. And that's when everything just, I was like, "All right, can you help me make a demo tape with your turntables?" I didn't know how it worked. I just figured, "All right, we get a microphone." And he was like, "Yeah, let's do it." So. I was 14 years old and I was like, now nah, I'm, I'm about to rap. Then I would freestyle to myself. I would write little raps here and there. Then I'm about to do graffiti. The vinyl, the graffiti, the, the music, like it was all right there in front of me one day.
1: Dres continues rapping and getting immersed into all aspects of the Frisco hip hop scene, but one passion takes over the other.
2: It's hard to balance both. The graffiti is really addicting. I noticed that looking back, the more graffiti I did, the less rap I did and vice versa. That's one of these things you have to really believe that you can do this stuff to do it. You can't do it half-assed. And then, you know, it wasn't easy for me in high school. You know, the San Francisco public school district is not the best. I'm dealing with that things that every kid deals with, the self-esteem. And I would be going through something. I would have a fight in my house or something like that. Or I would have a bad day. And I'm, I'm out and I'm just hitting the bus and I'm just going to ride the bus all day and, and get out my frustrations tagging on, on the bus. And I was I was
1: toy. I didn't really know I was learning as I go along. Toy is like a young graph writer or someone who doesn't have advanced skills. Simply put, a novice in the craft. Well, there's
2: two types of toys. There's a toy that doesn't have any skills because he's just a beginner. And then there's somebody who's toy because he's just a sucker and he, he disrespects the real culture and, you know, it's just kind of game goofy. And, you know, you, you could be tagging for 10 years and still be a toy, which is less acceptable than you're just starting out. You don't know what you're doing. You know, it's going to take you a year or two to really get some skills.
1: Everybody starts off as a toy, but not everybody matures from it. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. And I was not starting
2: too. off as a toy, basically.
1: While Dregs found community in the graffiti or writing circles, he also discovered that conflict came with the territory.
2: There's a code, but there's no rules. You could be toy. You, can, you, you might not be the best. You might not have the best skill, but it's subjective. But if you put it down, if you go around town putting it down, then what what, what they going to say to you? There's a lot of haters when it comes to graffiti because in its simplest form, it's all about ego. Mm. You're writing your name. You're writing your name and you want to say, I'm the best. I got the best style. I got the most spots. Nobody's running the city more than me. I'm the king of Frisco. I'm the king of Oakland.
1: He eventually figured out a way to balance graffiti and music. He's made a name for himself in both worlds. He has murals and pieces around town, like the one in Selski shop in Lakeview. And he's done numerous musical projects, including a recent track with Pittsburgh's Hustler. Plus, a product collab with San Francisco's local brewing company, a double IPA beer dubbed, Fog Mode, inspired by his album with the same title.
2: I carry the same mentality of graffiti to my music in terms of like how I want to present it and how I want to get it up and how I want people to, to respond to it. It was people who were talented and people who had you know, the courage and the guts to go out and participating in an illegal art form. And I was part of this underworld society where this was a way to bond, This was a way we'd go around town, start hitting up, somebody sees us, oh, what you write? And then the next thing you know, I've met somebody I've known for 20 years now. We're hanging out outside in some abandoned yard off of Third Street, creating
1: art. Dregs isn't confined to one type of art. He's a creator across the board. And he flourishes in that identity.
0: From
1: what I gather, it sounds like the creativity just oozes from you. You know, it's just beyond the music and the aerosol art. How would you define your role in this ecosystem of Bay Area hip-hop?
2: I am hip-hop. That's it. That's that's, that's the vibe. It's hip-hop. I am C on stage. I'm a hip-hop baby. In the Bay Area context, I grew up watching you know, crust Groove as a little kid. And I grew up steeped in this and I represent the, the graffiti element. I'm not a DJ, but I can recognize a real DJ. I'm not a dancer. I can recognize a real dancer, whether it's a, a break dancer or, or a turf dancer. Hip hop in the context of the San Francisco Bay Area. I'm not trying to be like a New York rock steady Crew type of B-boy. No, I'm, I'm friscoed out.
1: One day, all this knowledge and influence culminates into an idea for Drex. He decides he's gonna make TikTok videos with his music, bite-sized history lessons on Frisco hip-hop culture.
2: A lot of people ask me to make this video and I'm happy to do it because there's a lot of things I respect about him. Woody grew up in Antioch and he got- There's involved. no denying that like the impact is crazy. I went from like 100 followers to about 40,000 on TikTok. So it's definitely reaching um, new people. It's crazy because I, what I'm really thankful for is that my audience goes literally from like 13 to 50. I'm reaching people who are like, oh, yeah, I remember we used to listen to that Spice One tape back in the day. And then I'm reaching like 13 year old kids who are like, wow, this Spice One guy sounds cool. I'm going to go check him out. Like people don't give the youngsters enough credit. I see a lot of 13, 14 year olds playing my music or you're my favorite rapper. I, I, I get recognized on the street a lot more by people who are like, oh, your videos. Or pg e guy came over the other day like, it's you. So <laughs> it's definitely taking things to a new level, but I do feel like I'm I'm just, this is just the beginning. I don't even want to just be like, oh, the history guy. Like, no. That's just. I don't even want to just be, oh, the rapper. Like, no. I want to do whatever I want to do, man. So I do my business to support my art. To go back to what I said earlier about like the confidence, I didn't have the confidence to think that certain things were possible. I thought I was just going to be a super underground guy and, you know, maybe scrape by and make a living. That would be cool. I didn't even have a full vision of what that looked like.
1: But for Drex, it's more than just sharing his music on TikTok. It's about the culture he grew up in, that he's trying to preserve with his videos, keeping Frisco alive so the young cats know where they come from and where they're going. I
2: just started experimenting, uh, just sharing my knowledge on some of these things, you know, things that aren't too heavily documented in terms of the culture and um, what I could show people besides my music to get them to know about me and what what I'm about, which is this Bay Area hip hop culture of rap and graffiti, and I can speak from on these things from an authentic place. I might not have ever been the king of graffiti in Frisco, but like no i'm i'm genuine you know I've been a genuine part of this culture and I'm, I'm very thankful and then at the same time part of what i'm doing is how am i going to keep this friscoism alive right. i don't want to see the the culture I, I, I thought it would be here forever i took it for granted just there's so many things it's hard to even put into words like the way the culture was growing up when you're driving around in a little bucket bumping rbl posse and, You know, you get off on Market Street and you're saying, what's up to Samoans and Filipinos and then you're gonna smile to the Mission. And you know what I'm saying? Like that, I just wanna see that continuous.
1: You named it, you named it that Friscoism. Can I I, I reiterate that one? Because then you explained it, you painted that picture of like people of color of different backgrounds, learning, coexisting, like being one and also, having the sheer love of hip-hop and all its elements.
2: And then the knowledge is an element, in my mind, is an element of hip-hop. So, you know, this is just what I want to kind of surround my life with is just this creativity. And I want to encourage people to be more creative and more innovative in how you market your music and how you really, you know, utilize this hustle. And that's the other thing about the Bay Area. It's not just the music, it's the hustle. We're independent. We, we were forced to be independent. We weren't getting the right look. We still don't get the right recognition. So if we can keep this culture alive, then, you know, let's just try our best. That's how I see my role.
1: Dregs, come on, man. You already know I appreciate anyone who is doing the work of preserving the culture showing appreciation to the creators of it, and showing respect to the next generation, those young homies who are next up to carry the torch, man, you're doing it. And I, we all are appreciative, so thank you. You can find Dregs' work on social media, all platforms, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter, is Dregs underscore one. Dregs is spelled D-R-E-G-S underscore O-N-E. Marisol Medina-Cadena and Steven Rascone are the producers of this episode. Jin Chien and Kiana Mogadam edited this episode. Our engineer is Teal Muller. Justin Ebrahimi and Rhea Garawal are the engagement specialists. Our production intern is Corey Antonio Rose. Kiana Mogadam is the senior producer of podcasts. KQED execs are David Marcus, Jin Chien, and Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw, encouraging you all to take notes on your culture. Make sure it's documented and shared with the world if you feel so inclined. It's just a way to make this place a little bit richer. Y'all take care. Peace. Oh, by the way, before we go, for the record, food does not slap.
2: It smacks, as in smacking your lips, as in damn, that's smacking.
1: Right Now-ish is a KQD
0: production. Did you ever wonder what it's like to live alone?